the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This, by the way, Jesus being crucified with two criminals was also a fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah 53, 12. He was numbered with the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. Now, from the time that Jesus was hung on the cross to the time that Jesus died on the cross was six hours. In the first three hours, Jesus experienced the wrath of man. In the second three hours, he experienced the wrath of God. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be explaining how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies regarding his first coming. There's way more prophecies regarding his second coming. And if Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies regarding his first coming, there's no reason to doubt him fulfilling the prophecies regarding his second coming. There's no probable way someone could fulfill the amount of prophecies Jesus fulfilled unless he truly was the Messiah. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. unable to carry the cross. He's unable really to carry himself probably to get there. So he's in very bad shape when he arrives at Golgotha and the crucifixion. And what the Romans would have done, what they did with everybody that they crucified, the first thing they would do is they would strip off their clothes. And he's been scourged. And so I'm sure when they ripped off his clothes, it ripped open all of those wounds and lacerations on his body. It's unclear. Some Commentators believe they would have stripped the victim completely naked to humiliate them. Uh, some believe that they left a loincloth of some kind on the, on the victim. Um, they would have then, the first thing they would have done is they would have nailed his, his arms to that cross beam and they would have used five to seven inch spikes uh, and they would have driven them through his wrists to nail him to the cross. Uh, think of railroad spikes. Uh, that's, that's sort of what the nails looked like that they would have used. So they would have nailed his arms back, driving nails through his wrists to attach him to the cross beam of the cross. Uh, you know, th- there's an interesting prophecy in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 10, if you're taking notes. It says in Isaiah 52, 10, The Lord, capital letters, so Yahweh, Yahweh will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. 
When did the Lord Yahweh lay bare His arms in the sight of all the nations? On the cross. On the cross. Now when those, when those spikes were driven through His wrists, and let me just back up and say, uh, just you know, in case you're skeptical about this, uh, you know, the Bible says that His hands were pierced. The word that's used for hands refers to anything from the elbow down to the hands. So that it's driven through His wrist. When that spike is driven through his wrist, it would have pierced the median nerve that runs up your arm. Uh, you know, you've, you've experienced that burning sensation of hitting your funny bone, right? Well, there's a second nerve, the median nerve, that runs up your arm. That's right in your wrist, and it probably would have pierced that nerve. Just sending a shock of burning pain up his arm, his hand would have... Uh, clinched up as a result of hitting that nerve. Severe burning pain. You know, the word excruciating comes from a Latin word that means out of the cross. Excruciating. When we talk about excruciating pain, out of the cross. Uh, after nailing his wrist to the cross, remember the, he's, he's, they just have the cross beam uh, what the Roman soldiers would do is they would lift the person up. So they would have lifted Jesus up by the crossbeam to put him up on the upright portion of the cross. And so you can imagine as they lift him up by that crossbeam and his arms are attached now with spikes through his wrist, just unbelievable searing pain in his arms, in his wrists, in his hands. Um, his, the, you know, uh, his back would have rubbed on the, the rugged wooden cross tearing open those lacerations. Psalm 38, verse 7, says, My back is filled with searing pain. Again, as you can picture, just his back rubbing on that splintery wood of the cross. It's possible when they lifted that cross beam up to put it on the cross, it's possible some of his bones, like his collarbone, uh, would have become disjointed. Uh, in the psalm, Psalm 22, a remarkable messianic psalm describing Jesus' suffering on the cross. You should read Psalm 22 this week. Make a point to read it. Uh, but in Psalm 22, verse 4, it says, My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. Describing Jesus on the cross, he says, my, all my bones are out of joint. That possibly could have happened when they lifted him up to put him up on uh, the cross, pulling his bones out of joint. My heart is like wax, getting a little ahead of ourselves, but remember when the centurion pierces his side and, and water and blood come out. His heart is like wax. Uh, after hanging Jesus up on the cross, the Roman soldiers would then uh, overlap his feet and drive a spike through his feet to attach his feet to the cross with just one spike. Again, there's a nerve that runs through your, you know, the middle of your foot, your ankle, uh, that likely would have been pierced by that spike, sending just shooting pain up his legs. Uh, in the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, uh, they have on display there the, the foot bones of a person who was crucified and the spike is still in the foot. They weren't able to remove the spike from the corpse 
And so you can see, and that's how we know what the spike looked like uh, that was used. Um, Again, in Psalm 22, verse 16, they pierced my hands and my feet. Psalm 22, verse 16, they pierced my hands and my feet. Psalm 22 is written about a thousand years before Jesus Christ. And yet it says, they pierced my hands and my feet. And Zechariah 12.10, listen to this one. You should write that down. Zechariah 12.10. In Zechariah 12.10, the Lord God is speaking to the house of Israel, to the Jewish people. So Jehovah speaking, Yahweh speaking. And this is what God says. This is what Yahweh says in Zechariah 12.10. He says, they will look on me whom they pierced. And they will mourn. When was the Lord God pierced? By the Jewish people. On the cross. When has that ever happened in their history? When God was pierced. On the cross. Jesus is God. God was pierced. When he was nailed to the cross. Verse 18. It says where they crucified him. And two others with him. One on either side. And Jesus and the center. So Jesus was crucified between two others, one on each side. Uh, the other Gospels call these two men robbers and criminals. Uh, some believe they were possibly um, accomplices, accomplices of uh, Bar- uh, Barabbas, who was released. Um, this, by the way, Jesus being crucified with two criminals was also a fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah fifty three twelve. He was numbered with the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. Now, from the time that Jesus was hung on the cross to the time that Jesus died on the cross was six hours. In the first three hours, Jesus experienced the wrath of man. In the second three hours, he experienced the wrath of God. So in the first half of his time on the cross, Jesus experienced the wrath of man through mocking and reviling. In fact, Jesus was mocked and reviled while he was on the cross by four different groups of people. And again, this was the fulfillment of prophecy. Psalm 22. As I told you, you need to read Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Psalm 22 tells us what was going on in Jesus' mind while he's on the cross. You know, in in the Gospels, we're looking at what happened to him physically physically. Psalm 22, you can see what happened to him emotionally and spiritually. Psalm 22, verse 6, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. He trusted in Yahweh. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Again, this is what's happening. It's describing what happens at the cross. Those come around the cross and they ridicule Jesus. They mock him. Jesus was mocked by four different groups of people when he's on the cross, as I said. First of all, Jesus was mocked by those who just happened to be passing by. He's crucified outside the city gate of Jerusalem. There are people coming and going in and out of the city, passing by Jesus and the other two on the crosses. And they they mocked him. They stopped to to say a few words to him. Uh, Mark chapter 15, for example, verse 29. I'll just read it to you. 
and those who passed by. So these are people that are just walking by, going in and out of the city of Jerusalem, coming in and out of that gate. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. And so the people just passing by mocked Jesus. And then we're told the second group, the religious leaders, also mocked Jesus. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The very next verse, Mark 15, verse 31. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others himself. He cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And so the religious leaders also mocked him. The, uh, the Roman soldiers mocked Jesus while he was on the cross. Luke chapter 23, verses 36 and 37. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. So the Roman soldiers mocked him. So both Jews and Gentiles mocked him while he was on the cross. And then finally, these two criminals that are crucified with him, they also mocked Jesus. Uh, Just to read you Matthew chapter 27, uh, verse 44. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. They also said, you know, if you're the son of God, why don't you save yourself and save us too? If you are the Messiah. It's, it's interesting with the four different groups of people that mocked him. I don't know if you noticed, they all said the same thing. Save yourself. Come down off the cross. Prove that you're the Messiah by coming down off the cross. Deliver yourself. Save yourself. Now let me, let me ask you, who do you think would want Jesus to come down off that cross? Satan, right? Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? And Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down and worship him. And Jesus refused. Jesus passed the test. And it says at the end of that that, uh, temptation that Satan departed from Jesus, it says, until an opportune time. This is the opportune time. And I, I personally believe that this is, this is Satan has now come back and he's trying again. And he's trying to keep Jesus from the cross. And he's trying to keep Jesus from dying 
for the sins of the world. He's trying to keep Jesus from making a way for us to be forgiven and to receive eternal life from God. And he is he's using these people that are there, these different groups of people, to tell him, just come down off the cross. You don't have to do this. You can save yourself. You can show them you're the Messiah by just coming down off the cross. You don't have to die. And Satan, once again, is now trying to prevent Jesus from accomplishing what he came to accomplish, dying for the sins of the world. And let me just say to you that sometimes when you are trying to obey God and you're trying to walk in obedience, sometimes Satan will send people into your life that will say, you don't have to do that. If you do this, you'll be much happier. You don't have to put up with that. You can just leave. You don't have to stay. And you need to get those people out of your life. If you have anybody in your life that is trying to tell you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God, you need to get those people out of your life. And so here Jesus is on the cross. He's got all these people around Him. People passing by, the religious leaders, the Roman soldiers... Even the other two guys being crucified, they're all saying, come down off the cross. Deliver yourself. Save yourself. You don't have to die this way. Now, we're told also that as they're mocking Jesus, one of the two criminals has a change of heart by God's grace, and he came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to look at that quickly, if you'll turn with me over to Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, verse 39. Luke 23, verse 39. Then one of the criminals who was hanged blasphemed Jesus, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other criminal, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? Seeing you are under the same condemnation? What does the guy do right there? What is he saying? Don't you fear God seeing that you're under the same condemnation? Same condemnation as who? As God. This guy's on the cross. He's nailed to the cross. And he he recognizes that Jesus Christ is God. And he says in verse 41, look what he says. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 41, the criminal, he confesses that he is a sinner, deserving of the judgment he was receiving. Do you see that? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. We're getting what we deserve, this crucifixion. But then he says of Jesus, but this man has done nothing wrong. He recognized that Jesus was sinless, that he was without sin, that he was without spot, that he was perfect. Verse 42, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognized that Jesus could save him. Jesus is on a cross too. Yet this guy realizes Jesus can save him. And most remarkably, 
he knew Jesus would come into his kingdom, even though Jesus is dying on a cross. He knew that death was not the end for Jesus. This guy, by the grace of God, could anticipate, he anticipated the resurrection. That the death would not be the end. So, so this criminal, he, he's, he's nailed to a cross. He, he can't do anything. He can't even fold his hands and bow his head to say a prayer. And yet while he's there on the cross, he, he's only hours from death. He's hours from eternity. He acknowledged that Jesus is God. He confessed that Jesus, he confessed his guilt to Jesus. He believed the saving power of Jesus Christ. He believed that death was not the end for Jesus Christ. He anticipated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he cast himself on Jesus' mercy. Isn't that amazing? And no, nobody was there to read him a gospel tract. Nobody was there to share, you know, four spiritual laws with him or anything like that. It's just, it's just the grace of God just revealed this stuff to him as he's, as he's there on the cross. And, and look at how Jesus responded to him. Jesus said to him, verse 43, Assuredly, I say to you today, today you will be with me in paradise. And what a portrait of God's grace here. This guy, I mean, he's, he's, he didn't get baptized. He didn't go to church. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't pray a prayer. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, this, this is why Jesus died on the cross, to save sinners, to save people. Romans 4.25 says he was handed over to die because of our sins. Titus 2.14 says he gave himself for us to redeem us from all our lawless deeds. Galatians 3.13 says when he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Isn't that great? When he hung upon the cross, he took upon himself the curse for the stuff that we've done wrong. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In heaven, we had all these charges against us, all these things we've done wrong, that we're guilty of, that we deserve judgment for. And what Jesus Christ did when he was on the cross, he took all of those charges, all of our record that we had in heaven, all the things that we've ever done wrong or ever thought wrongly, and he took it away, he erased it by nailing it to the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds we are healed. He personally carried our sins in His body. He became sin for us. All of our sin was put upon Him when He was upon the cross and He died for our sins. He paid the penalty for us so that now we can be free from the power of sin and we can live right lives in God's eyes. This, this is why the cross is so wonderful. This is why we sang about the cross today in every song about the wonderful cross, the glorious cross, because it's through the cross that Jesus provides forgiveness of sin and provides us with freedom from sin and provides us with new life. Amen? 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continues his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Gospel of John. If you'd like a copy of the message you just heard, you can find it on our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast on iTunes. That way, you'll never miss an edition of this program. We'd love to hear from you here at Ring of Truth. Give us a call at 410-491-4592 or email us through our website, calvaryec.com. Let us know how you've been impacted by the ministry of Ring of Truth or how we can pray for you. If God's doing something wonderful in your life, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. With that, we've come to the end of our program for today. Join Pastor Dan next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Ring of Truth.